You're listening to the Fantasy 40 Podcast with Andrew Burke, John Debari, and Matt Walker. Yahoo! Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast with myself, John Debari, my co-host, Matt Walker, and as always, brought to you by our friends at Expand the Box Score. So, this year, we're, we're trying a little something different here, going to be breaking up our weekly pod into two parts. This is going to be our first part every week where we're kind of, you know, we do dynasty stuff all off season. In season, there's not much of that. So we wanted to take a look at rookies every week and just kind of see if there's anything interesting with them happening or more in general to the team. Also looking at snaps, touches, targets, things like that. Um, just kind of to touch on some dynasty centric stuff and see which players, rookies and otherwise, are trending up, trending down. But, you know, we spend four months out of the year, <laughs> rookie everything. It's kind of a good idea probably to, to see what's happening in season instead of waiting to the end of the year and going, ah, this guy looks like a bust. So this should be kind of interesting. Walk, how are you and where do you want to start? I'm 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 doing better than Aaron Rodgers attendant, but <laughs> I mean that's a it's a low bar uh, at this point in time. You know, rest in peace to the to the Jets Super Bowl hopes and dreams. Yeah, uh, this this morning, but uh, yeah, in the week two, I think I thought week one was a disgrace um, from an NFL perspective. Uh, I thought it was mostly shit play throughout, and I blame it entirely on the fact that. None of these guys play in the preseason anymore. There's conditioning no. issues. You know, you're seeing all these dudes pop hammies. It's because they, they haven't really get, been chased by another grown yeah. man that runs four yeah. or five yet. You know, so when they got to open up, they just, they just, ain't, they, it ain't there. You know, that gear isn't there. So, you know, I, I, I'm a proponent of playing in the preseason. I get limiting the play, but these guys need game reps. And I just, I, I saw this across every single game. My Eagles looked terrible. You know, do, do you think the Giants would have benefited from having, you know, a legit opposing pass rush <laughs> go against their offensive yeah. line yeah. a little bit before the season started? You know, so maybe they could have remembered how to block someone. I mean, it was just, just I, I don't know that there was a good game at all. I mean, the the, Chargers, the Miami Chargers Dolphins yeah. game was entertaining. You know, but a good football game. I mean, the commanders played down to the Cardinals, you know, the Raiders oh. and Broncos. Yeah. In a one pointer, you know, the, I guess the Jets Bills game, but that whole thing took a shift, you know, <laughs> right out of the gate. Other than that, I'm looking at these scores like yuck, uh, yuck. Uh. I mean, even the kickoff game, that Lions Chiefs game, you know, or it's just like, yeah. is this really what is how we're kicking off the NFL season? Is yeah. there a single team that made you think completely different of them based off week one to me, Washington, not crushing the Cardinals is like a huge red flag. That's going to be a bad team. I, I don't see how fucking a Josh Dobbs led Cardinals team even hangs in that game. I mean, Washington's just against Washington's defensive line. Let's take away everything else. They shouldn't have been able to do anything, period. And then for their well, offense, it, yeah, the irony is they didn't. It's just their offense looked bad. I mean, their defense showed up. I mean, Josh Dobbs threw for 132 yards and they ran for 96 yards. So they had what, 230, roughly 30 yards of offense. It should have been less. 
Should have been less. I don't disagree, <laughs> but again, I think it's this offense shit. You know, like just no one was ready. I mean, Brian Robinson saw 19 carries. I said he was getting 20 plus, so I was pretty damn close with Mr. Robinson, who thought he was going to be the one to catch the touchdown in the game, uh, but you know, it happened. And I, I said he wasn't must start. I not because of those consequences. I thought he'd be seeing kill clock time touches, but he didn't. Yeah, that game, it actually made me think a little bit better about the Cardinals. I'm still not a De- Jonathan Gannon believer, but they they, they, they should have got you the bumping him to you bumping him the two wins. I, I might I might give him a pity win or two, <laughs> you know, when, when this is all said and done, because they were far more respectable than I thought they would be. But my the team that got me, honestly, was was the Bengals laying a complete egg against the Browns. Browns defense looks Amazing, but Barrow Schwartz is good. He is. He really is. You know, we had him here for a time in Philadelphia. You know, he's great at scheme and defense. He's a shitty head coach, but you know, it just the Bengals just looked like they didn't belong on the field. You know what? And I said, I I said this about (laughs) that game as a whole. Ended up being one side of it. It, It's not a shocker. When the Bengals and Browns play each other, Browns and the Ravens, there's just a couple of matchups that certain teams John, come in and John, lay an egg. John, John, Joe Burrow threw for 82 yards, man. Listen, I'm not. I, wasn't I mean, shocked. listen, you, you, you can, you can, you can division write it off all you want, and I get it. The weather sucked. Weather sucked a lot of places this weekend. I mean, the East Coast was getting pelted with rain throughout, but. 82 yards, John. I mean, 82 yards. That's just, there's no I mean, excuse yeah, I, for that level of ineptitude. Oh, it's, it's terrible. But I, I mean, I, I, ex, I was fully expecting someone to score three points. I, if I was a betting man, yeah. it would have been on the Browns, but I, you know, I just flipped it. The Browns didn't look great either. I mean, I, I was unimpressed for the most part, but, um, you, you John, get the the Giants let the Bengals off the hook for being the <laughs> lowest scoring team in week one. Does that I, I, with the old fantasy 40 to nothing Sunday night football game? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, I knew the Giants sucked. I've said that they were overrated last year, a couple bounces of the ball, so they didn't shock me. Losing that bad shocked uh-huh. me, and keeping Daniel Jones in the game that long also shocked me. The other game was the Buccaneers winning, and it wasn't because the Buccaneers won. I think they got a good defense. It's because I knew the Vikings were going to suck, but I thought they were going to have enough offense to win this game at home. And they just totally Vikings it and go zero and one. Like it's it's going to be a long season. Statistically, the they were fine for fantasy, though. I mean, real, you know. Oh, they got there with the yeah with the low total. I mean, if you only scoring seventeen points. You know, they really didn't. Madison got to the, the receiving touchdown. Addison caught one. You know, Jefferson had a monster first half. He kind of disappeared a little bit in the second half. And then Hawkinson, albeit short on yardage, had eight receptions, you know, for 35 yards. So, yeah, no one really, you know, rubbed it in your family. Shit, Cousins, 344, 2-1. and one. Yeah, they they all return value. But just they're just a bad team. They really are. They're a bad team. You can't let Baker Mayfield beat you uh, at home week one. You just can't do it. All right. Well, we talked a little bit about Cleveland, Cincinnati, so I will just kind of start with the uh, AFC North and kind of go through anything I found interesting as far as uh, touches and all that stuff. But uh, the, the one thing stuck out, I'll start with Cleveland. 
Jerome Ford had 15 carries. I don't know if that was a result of the score of the game. I don't know when the carries came. Chubb had 18, and Chubb got involved in the passing game. Uh, four targets, four receptions. If he maintains four per game, he's going to be a monster this year. But, yeah, seeing Ford get 15, and we've seen it with this team before, although Hunt is obviously a better player than Ford, they may get him involved a lot more. They spread the ball around quite a bit. Elijah Moore and Amari Cooper both had seven targets. So nothing of note there in the passing game. But, yeah, I was a little surprised by those uh, rushing attempts uh, out of the Browns' backfield. Moving to Baltimore, um, <laughs> Lamar stinks, right? Like, going to this <laughs> passing attack, and, and we we kind of brought this up a couple times through, throughout the offseason. I don't – okay, you bring a monk and you want to open it up and make it more uh, pass-happy than than run-heavy as it had, had been in the past. Lamar's not that guy. N- now we have one game of it, and to your point – Yes, this, the offseason sucked. These teams aren't gelling. We've just never seen it from him where he's going to be a guy who spreads the ball around and, and throws it all over the yard. It looks like Zay Jones is the beneficiary of that, but he had uh, 10 targets, nine receptions for 78. Beckham, Bateman, and Dobbins each had three targets for, for the second spot. That's what we're going to keep seeing. I, it, he may spread it around to who he likes in a game, Beckham may have 10 and Zay drops to three in a week or two. He's just not capable of supporting multiple receivers. And this is a game without his favorite target, Mark Andrews. So Andrews comes back. Does Zay end up being a three target guy while Andrews gets 10 every week? That's probably more likely than not. Um, The team did. So that's my little rookie thing for Baltimore with Zay. Um, They did lose. J.K. Dobbins already. Um, in his absence, Hill had <laughs> Hill had nine total rushing yards, but he got two touchdowns. So I think people are going to try to add him on the waiver wire. I don't think he's. I don't think anyone's the guy here. They're going to. This is going to be a very unfriendly offense for fantasy um, compared to what we've seen in years past. I just don't think their personnel gels with the system they're looking to put in place, but. To me, Gus had eight carries, He and so did um, Dobbins before he got hurt. At Gus, Gus the bus seems like the guy I want here. I, I don't think Hill is going to be able to carry the load. Cincinnati, uh, their rookie that everyone was kind of excited about out of the backfield, Brown out of Illinois, nothing. Did nothing in this game. Um, their backfield, again, ugly game. Hard to know what it would have looked like if they scored a bunch, but – um, Kerryon Williams, two carries, Chris Evans, two carries, Evans, one target. It doesn't look like anybody's coming close to, to taking any work like P Ryan did. So you got to like mix in for the rest of the season, but nobody else here is of any interest. And then Pittsburgh, another one too, just the kind of the way the game got out of hand with the Niners. I don't can't put a lot of stock in this. Pick it through the ball 46 times. I don't think that's going to be the plan for the rest of the year. Um, Allen Robinson had eight targets. Calvin Austin had six. Could it be that Deontay Johnson hurt his hammy and that's where they went? Sure. Um, But he had six targets before he went out. Pickens actually had seven targets, but he kind of gets a lot of those in traffic. So his receptions are probably never going to be up there where you want, but he, he can get a ball while he's, you know, 
in traffic and, and, and competing with other guys. So if Johnson's out, I actually wheels up for Pickens. And then out of the backfield, everyone was really concerned about uh, Jalen Warren all year. He got three carries. Again, it was kind of out of hand. They had to go to the air a lot more than they probably wanted to. Um, Harris ended up with six carries. Harris is probably going to be a two-to-one carry guy touches over Warren, even though everybody liked Warren this offseason. But uh, another rookie there, Dwayne Washington. Goose egg, nothing. So Fermuth got a little banged up, and it still didn't help. He, he didn't get out there. So kind of interesting, I think, with the, the backfields, all four backfields in this uh, division. So something to keep an eye on. It'll be interesting to see week two, if any of this held true, if this was kind of game script dependent. So one week, it's hard to kind of say anything definitively. So I, I'm really looking forward to a week from now seeing where these things all trend. The entire AFC North was disappointing. Just track up top to bottom when the fair. Browns were the most fair. complete team on week one. I mean, that's saying something. Steelers had their doors blown off by Sam Fran. Bengals had their doors blown off by the the Browns. Browns. And then the the Ravens luckily played the Houston Texans. I mean, just terrible. Terrible performance by the North. Equally terrible by the NFC North. Smooth transition. Chicago Bears. I'm just going alphabetical order. Um, running back splits was interesting. Roshan Johnson actually led the team 39%. Of snaps, 37 for Khalil Herbert, 28 for Dante Foreman. Carries, 9 for Khalil Herbert, 5 each for Roshan and Dante Foreman. The difference is Roshan Johnson saw 7 targets in the game that they were coming back from as they were getting handled by the time the third quarter started uh, by the Green Bay Packers. So we saw a lot of Roshan Johnson. I mean, Khalil Herbert did have 5 targets himself. Caught three for 37, but that's seven targets from Roshan Johnson tied for the team lead in week one. And it wasn't tied with DJ Moore because DJ Moore played 92% of snaps and saw two targets. Awesome start for DJ Moore, who again, I took the cheese on two for 25 from him. That was amazing. Darnell Mooney, who I also happen to love, saw seven targets, turned him into four for 53 and a touchdown. He was their leading pass catcher. Chase Claypool played 78% of of snaps, saw two targets, had zero catches. He did have a tremendous flop, though, in the game. If you haven't seen it, go take a look. Looked like someone turned his power off. Chase Claypool. (laughs) It was tremendous. And then uh, Cole Komet played 97% of snaps in week one. Seven targets turned into five for 44. He is not leaving the field. Robert Tunyon isn't a threat. Cole Komet is a snap hog. So while it wasn't the greatest snap line, you'll take that 9.4 PPR points. Tight end was a wasteland this week with tons of injuries and all. So seeing a guy with that high snap share, I like it. You know, I'd be one buying Cole Komet, especially off of, you know, a, a subpar game statistically. From them on to those Packers, who shellacked them 38 to 20. Aaron Jones played 47% of snaps. A.J. Dillon played 48% of snaps. That's become kind of common with these two in the backfield. Now, Aaron Jones saw nine carries to A.J. Dillon's 13. A.J. Dillon was salting the game away. Aaron Jones also picked up a hammy injury in the game and his one long touchdown run. He had four targets to A.J. Dillon's three. It was typical Aaron Jones fashion, productive as a runner, 4.6 yards per carry and a touchdown. And then he was two for 86 
and a touchdown receiving 51 yards. He is still showtime. We love us. Oh, Aaron looked, Jones. He he's looks so amazing. Good. He's amazing. <laughs> yes. He he's amazing. Um, from there down, there was no Christian Watson. He was ruled out. So we're rolling with a trio of Romeo dubs, Jaden Reed and Malik Heath by and large, but the snap leader on the team was actually Dontavian Wicks. 62% of snaps, saw two targets, didn't do anything with them. Jaden Reed played 53. He was next. He saw five targets. Romeo Dubs played less than half the snaps. 48% saw five targets. We all know. Caught four for 26 and two touchdowns. He was he was obviously who Jordan Love was looking for in the red zone. And then Malik Heath played 48% of snaps only on the field because Christian Watson's injured, but had one meaningless target, did not secure it. Then there is Luke Musgrave. First start, 75% of snaps, four targets, three catches for 50 yards. I did not see the game, but I've already heard that he tripped on what would have been a long touchdown. (laughs) Yes. And so we're we're looking at a modest three for 50 stat line from him, which I don't know how long this touchdown would have been, but. 10, 20 yards more. We're talking three for 70 and a touchdown. I think he fell, I think he fell around the 10 or the five. He was close. So not more yards. So, I mean, definitely yeah, would have got yeah, three, six. For, three for 60 <laughs> and a touchdown. He's a top three tight end on the week in his first start. So, you know, things are looking up. 75% snaps is, is fantastic uh, for a rookie. From them to the Lions, who it seems like played a month ago uh, at this point in time already, we've already seen it and poured over. Dave Montgomery, 79% of snaps to Jameer Gibbs, 27. Dave Montgomery, 21 carries and zero targets. Jameer Gibbs had seven carries and two targets and was more productive <laughs> on a yardage basis. Just David Montgomery got the touchdown in the Jamal Williams role. Amon Ross St. Brown saw 94, played 94% of snaps, saw nine targets. He had a great first game. And then Sam Laporta, another rookie tight end, 83% of targets in his first game actions. Or Sorry, 83% of snaps in his first game action and saw five targets. Loving the utilization by these young tight ends already. Last but certainly least, the Minnesota Vikings. Your boy Alexander Madison saw, played 73% of snaps, 11 carries, four targets, bailed out by a short touchdown catch. But Ty Chandler only played 17% of snaps, three carries and one target. There is no question who the bell cow alpha is in this backfield. Justin Jefferson talking about alphas played 98% of snaps, 12 targets on the week. Uh, first blush, I believe if Puka Nakua didn't exist, he would lead the league in targets in, in week one. KJ Osborne played 91% of snaps. So he was wow. the starter over Jordan Addison ranked there. Saw six targets. Jordan Addison down at 56% of snaps, himself saw six targets. He was able to get into the end zone. And then lastly, that 75% barometer, TJ Hawkinson played 75% of the snaps as well for the Vikings, soaked up nine targets on the game, as previously stated, had eight catches for a paltry 35 yards. But, you know, it was, as far as the North is concerned, there was really no shock as far as, you know, the snap counts were concerned. The only thing that really, really made me upset was the two targets that DJ Moore saw in a game where they needed to force feed DJ Moore targets. And I don't want to hear that he got shut down by Jair Alexander. I didn't watch the tape, but I DJ Moore is a guy you you get the ball to, regardless yeah, of scenario. <laughs> the scenario. They, they do. Bad. They took a huge step back. <laughs> Any optimism that anyone had is is gone after week one. They did not belong in the same field with the Jordan Love-led Green Bay Packers. Uh, 
is a, and that's my North. So is a, is a self-hating recovering bears fan. It's, it's going to be crazy to watch if he ends up being really good. And, and one game in sure looks like it. <laughs> Other bears fans. Are yeah. Kill themselves. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Listen, it was a boring I, first half, right? We were, it was 10, six at halftime of that game. And then the second half happened and the Packers just whitewashed them with four touchdowns. They got, they got Aaron Jones in that second half. Yeah. I was my, my son was watching me watch the game on, on red zone. He's like, who do you want to win? I was like, well, the bears are from Chicago. I said, but that guy, number 33, he's my favorite player. <laughs> I go, so I hope, <laughs> I hope he does well. I don't care who wins. And boy, uh, did he. Uh, so he's am- moving he's from the, Moving from the north to the south. So I'm going to the AFC South now. Um, start with Jacksonville here. So ATN, 80%, 80% snap share to Tank Bigsby's 21. Um, ATN had 18 carries to Tank 7. They both had one target. Uh, no, I'm sorry. They both had one touchdown. ATN had uh, five targets and five receptions. To my surprise, I thought uh, Tank was going to be a little more heavily involved, but all ATN all day had a good uh, game there. Uh, Kelvin Ridley exploded. I was fading him. I thought he'd be a little rusty. No, sir. 11 targets had a monster game statistically. The, the interesting thing here to me, and we say this a lot with running backs, teams have their one and their two, and the three isn't necessarily the three. He could be the backup for the one, and the two has his set role. That seems to be the case in Jacksonville at wide receiver, where a year ago, Kirk was the one, Zay Jones was the two. They bring in Ridley. I mean, the thought process is Kirk becomes the two, Zay Jones is the three, but it looks like Jones remains the two and Kirk is the backup to Ridley now. Um, Snap count, Zay Jones had 89, Ridley 81, Kirk trailing both of them at 60. And then they kind of played out in, in statistically too. Ridley 11 targets, Zay 7 um, and Kirk three. So I feel terrible for <laughs> Christian Kirk owners. I thought he'd be the number two. Cause I think Zay Jones is going to have a pretty good year as the number two, especially if Ridley has this explosion. Cause at least for the next couple of weeks, teams are really going to focus on shutting down Ridley, which should open things up for Zay Jones. So pretty interesting there. Uh, Zay Jones, good chance he's on waivers in a lot of redraft leagues too. So I would definitely make him a priority add if he is out there. Moving to the Tennessee Titans, a surpriser to me, Tajay Spears outsnapped Derrick Henry 54 uh, to 48. I mean, it's not a huge thing. It was four more total in the game, but kind of interesting, worth noting. I've never heard them say anything about taking some of the workload off Henry, but it is what it is. Henry had 15 carries, though. Spears had three. So being on the field more didn't mean shit. Wide receiver. I didn't. I had no clue. I just pulled this up. But Traylon Burks led them ninety percent of snaps, three targets. So he played fifty-seven snaps, and three times they tossed the ball to him. Not good at all. DeAndre Hopkins only played uh, forty-nine snaps, and he had thirteen targets. So Burks was out there. They just didn't use him. I'm just curious if it's a chemistry thing, or you know, he's been banged up. He Listen, has to- and how didn't use anyone. What's that? Tannehill didn't use anyone. True. Garbage, garbage team, terrible. garbage passing attack. Um, Nick Westbrook had uh seven targets as well. He's probably more interesting to me than Burks at this point. I mean, Burks is the better dynasty stash, but 
Uh, Chigakonko, 83% snap share, and Goose Egg on the scoreboard. Not the best game for him, but Spears is the rookie uh, to discuss there. On the field, it's going to be interesting to see how they get him more involved. He was out there, but they didn't use him, which kind of stinks. Um, the Houston Texans, obviously, uh, C.J. Stroud at quarterback, 28 of 44 for 242. No touchdowns, no interceptions, which is good, but he did get sacked five times, so <laughs> good luck getting sacked five times a week, young man. Uh, one of the craziest snaps compared to touches in the whole league to me, Damian Pierce. 54% of snaps. People were worried about Singletary coming in, 21%. And then out of nowhere, Mike Boone, 31% of snaps, but not a single touch. So kind of weird that Boone was out there, but they weren't using him at all offensively. Um, their passing attack, Robert Woods out of nowhere, 75% snap share. Nico Collins, 70%. And they both got the bulk of the targets in this game too. So one game in, Stroud seems to have two guys that he really likes to throw to. Uh, talking rookies here, Tank Dell, uh, three receptions on four targets for 34. And Xavier Hutchinson, and only seven snaps, did get a target that he turned into a nine-yard reception. So nothing to see here for one game, but he, he did you know demand a target in seven snaps. So it would be interesting to see if they give him a little more work over guys like Noah Brown that they did have out in the passing game. Uh, and Dalton Schultz laid a fucking egg too. But this kind of to be expected first game with a rookie quarterback. And speaking of rookie quarterbacks, let's go to the Indianapolis Colts. Anthony Richardson, who needs to learn to slide and not take hits, finishes the game uh, getting taken off the field. I believe it is a leg injury, but nothing serious. He uh, threw for 223, one passing touchdown, one interception, and 40 yards on the ground with another touchdown. So kind of – I'm shocked he threw for 223, to be honest, but – Kind of a stat line we're expecting on the ground every week, right? Got you, got you 10 with his legs, just what you want. Um, just sticking with rookies here. Josh Downs, 57 snaps for 79% of the snap share. Got seven targets, caught three of them for 30. Him and uh, Richardson were roommates throughout rookie camp and in preseason stuff. So they're building some chemistry. He's the he's a pretty sleepery dynasty stash. I don't think people are as high on him as they should be. I wasn't but he would be a trade target now in Dynasty before he really starts connecting with Richardson. Um, Other than that, nothing of note in this game. Oh, the other rookie, Evan Hall, uh, only eight snaps in the game, had one carry. Kind of disappointing because we knew they needed help in the backfield, but it all went through Deion Johnson, 71% snap share, saw 13 carries, got a little involved in the passing game, uh, several receptions, a loss where I wrote it down. Then kind of surprising, Molly Cox was supposed to be on paper, the starter, but Colin Granson out snapped him 61% to 42%. And that concludes the South. Yeah, I mean, some of some of these stats are amazing. Like Deion Jackson, 13 carries for 14 yards, just telling Justice Hill like to hold his beer on his eight for nine. <laughs> and then somehow to catch five balls for 14 yards. That's Deion Jackson's stat line. He had 18 touches for 28 yards. It's just unbelievable. Uh, uh, <laughs> lack of production. For that team. And then, yeah, the fact that Evan Hall couldn't see the field uh, at all is problematic because they were already down their top two running backs. So you would have thought Hall would have got something, but he did not. Alas, he did not. (laughs) All right. So now we're heading down to the NFC South. So we'll just start off Buccaneers. Surprise winners week one 
Rashad White saw 79% uh, of the running back snaps, 17 carries, two targets. Sean Tucker only saw 15%. He did have five carries and also two targets in that limited work. And then Chase Emmons mopped up 12%, saw two carries and no targets in the game. Mike Evans played 84% of snaps, saw 10 targets. Some rumors floating around that they may be trying to um, showcase him uh, potentially. Um for, for a trade as they weren't able to secure a, a new contract before his Saturday self-imposed deadline. So we might be seeing Mike Evans get propped up with volume the first few weeks before he gets traded. And then 85% snap Chris Godwin only saw six targets. It's usually the other way around for those two. Rookie Trey Palmer, 34% of snaps, did see three targets and caught a touchdown in the game. I'm a Big Trey Palmer guy, Russell Gage out. He's going to start, and he's going to play in three wide sets for them. He may be in two wide sets if when Mike Evans gets dealt. So Trey Palmer <laughs> could be on the come. And then lastly, Cade Otten, 97% of snaps. Saw three targets on the game. Um, our friend Dynasty Man said, Trey or uh, Baker Mayfield hates the tight end. Um, so you can't like Cade Otten and – He's probably right early on. Kate Otten only saw three targets, turned two of them into 19 yards, but he's on the field all the time. And if they lose Evans, he's going to be forced to throw it to other people. Yeah. So I love the snap share from Kate Otten. You know, there just wasn't a lot to go around. 10 of 34 targets went to Mike Evans, 16 out of 34, you know, went to the top two guys in Evans and Godwin. Then it was spread out. Everyone else saw with three, two or three targets uh, on the game. So I do think Kate Otten's someone we need to keep our eyes on, given that high snap share and the volatility, I think, in their passing core. From him on to the boring ass Atlanta Falcons, Bijan Robinson, 64% of snaps. Tyler Algier, 56% of snaps. Bijan had 10 carries, looked great with them. Saw six targets where he scored his touchdown. Meanwhile, Tyler Algier had 15 carries and three targets himself. So he saw more opportunity in week one than Bijan did. He also stole two rushing touchdowns from what could have been an absolutely historic week one rookie stat line for Bijan Robinson. Get used to it. He ain't going anywhere. Drake London, 90% of snaps. One target, zero catches. Arthur Smith said, Drake London doesn't care about targets. He just wants to win games. I disagree. Drake London 100% wants to get more than one target and zero catches in a game. Win, lose, or draw. You might want to go talk to him. Kyle Pitts played 62% of snaps, saw three targets, didn't do much with them either. I want nothing to do with this offense outside of their ground game. Desmond Ritter, still not good. I don't think he's the long-term answer for the Falcons. He's going to be the one that holds them all these potential fantasy options back but they did uh they did take down the lowly carolina panthers in week one so on to those carolina panthers miles sanders played 57 percent of snaps had 18 carries and six targets so little over 50 percent of snaps kid was touching the ball when he was on the field Cuba hubbard 36 percent of snaps he had nine carries himself and two targets so he's involved i know miles sanders just coming yeah. back from a season injury but that was one. It was a lot of usage for Sanders given the limited snaps, but then 11 opportunities for Chuba Hubbard on roughly a third of the snaps was, was pretty uh, surprising as well. Terrence Marshall led the receivers in snaps, 90%, saw six targets. Your boy, Adam Thielen, as I told you, is dusty as shit. Played 88% of snaps, saw two targets. Wah, wah, wah. 
Johnny Mingo played 87% of snaps, saw five targets in the game. None of these guys really did anything with their targets. And then Hayden Hurst said he was going off. Revenge game. Only only tight end worth a damn in Carolina. He only played 53% of snaps, but saw seven targets, five for 41 and a touchdown. And he was schemed his touchdown um, on a goal line, like one-yard touchdown. Um Play love to see it. I think Hayden Hurst is a sleeper tight end one this year. Lastly, the New Orleans Saints. One person in the backfield of relevance was Jamal Williams. He played 75% of snaps. He had 18 carries and two targets. Did not do a goddamn thing with it because he's a slug and you know he can turn out 2.5 <laughs> yards per carry. Meanwhile, Mike Thomas played 80%, 80% of snaps, saw eight targets in his first action. It was nice to see him out there, you know, that much. Five for 61, you'll take it in Thomas's first game back. Chris Olave, just under him, 79% of uh, snaps, 10 targets, eight catches, 112 yards. He is the alpha in this offense. And then Rashid Shahid, only 54% of snaps, but saw six targets, five catches, 89 yards, and a touchdown. This kid is electric, and he's going to be there in three wide sets. And then just running down the tight ends real quick. Juwan Johnson played 75% of snaps. Foster Moreau played 49% of snaps. Jimmy Graham played 14% of snaps. And Taysom Hill played 14% of snaps. <laughs> Seeing that 75% snaps for Juwan Johnson, I was like, man, I, I, I was a little bit surprised. It was honestly that high. He did see five targets, which is good for fourth on the team. Turned it in for three for 36. This is, I already said it. It's, it's going to be a matter of who catches a touchdown. Now, the, the, the irony is, those other three tight ends had one target combined, and it was Taysom Hill. So Foster Moreau is on the field half the game and saw no targets. So clearly he's the blocking tight end in, in that offense, um, as my uh, box score scouting indicates, and Juwan Johnson's the pass catcher. So he's still the one you ultimately want, but it's still a matter of who scores a touchdown for the Saints. Yeah. I, I, so many people in the fantasy community are totally out on Mike Thomas, and I get it, but I kind of – I like him now that he's healthy these first couple weeks, especially in like DFS, his price shouldn't be that high. I haven't looked up what it is yet, but he's going to be involved until he gets hurt. And then you just discard him. It's actually <laughs> actually an easy decision to make. If he's healthy. You put him in when he's not healthy, you get rid of him. He's going to be involved and he's still a decent receiver when he's out there. The problem has been, he's just not out there. And I think people are so out on him. I can't imagine he ever has, super high ownership and if like if you're a team if you have cooper cup and you don't know if he's coming back after five weeks exactly i wouldn't mind making a trade to get thomas because i don't think his price is very high in dynasty leagues or 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 in redraft trade get him by the time (laughs) by the time his season is over cooper cup should be starting that's kind of a nice one-two combo but that's my reply on the uh you want old target eaters that's a that's a good secession plan. Yeah. So uh, that was your last one, right? That's everybody. Damn right it is. Now, right, moving north, south to the east. Um, <laughs> let's see. I guess I'll just start with the Monday Night Football. So Dalvin Cook outsnapped Brees Hall fifty percent to thirty one percent. Brees Hall, however, had ten carries uh, to Cook's thirteen. Brees also had two targets, uh, caught one of them. Cook had three targets, caught all three. So Brees Hall played 17 snaps, and he was either targeted or ran with the ball 12 of them. So if he's out there, they're using him. And and from what we saw in the game, they're not really 
they may be easing him in and touches, but he looked so good. I don't see how he doesn't demand more work. I'm, I hated now. this backfield. Yeah. I hated this backfield initially with Aaron Rodgers there. Now that Rodgers is done for the year, they're going to have to lean on both of these guys to try to make this team competitive because Zach Wilson is not going to be capable of carrying that load. Um, the other thing, too, at wide receiver, Garrett Wilson's clearly their one. 93% of snaps for him. A lot of this may have been game plan, right? Lazard, 78%. Randall Cobb, 41%. They're only there because of Aaron Rodgers. So I'm very curious to see if anything kind of changes in the pecking order here going forward with Zach Wilson at the helm. Lazard's probably the two just from what they paid him. But I can't see Cobb being heavily used with Wilson. Nicole Hardman had no snaps in the game. Even though he was active, I could see him bumping up, maybe jumping over Cobb in the next couple of weeks as the team adjusts to having Wilson at quarterback. But, you know, they, they didn't win because Zach Wilson's good. They just happened to win the game. But kind, kind of a shit show there. It's going to be interesting to see how things change now that this entire offense has to be different. Moving on to the team they played, the Buffalo Bills. James Cook, 59% snap share. Seemed to be getting all the work from what I saw. Um 12 carries, six targets. I thought he looked – oh, I'm sorry. No, I, yeah, 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 that's correct. 12, 12 carries, six targets. Uh, Latavia, elderly Latavius Murray, 23% snap share, only two carries, two targets. And Damian Harris that people really thought was going to take a chunk of this work from Cook, he only played 13%. He got uh, one carry and two targets, so not involved. It's going to be James Cook all year is my feeling on it. It's going to be interesting to see, like I said, as we go forward to kind of track these trends with these guys, but it sure looks like it's all James Cook. Um, In their passing game, Gabe Davis played 94% of snaps, but everything was going through digs as usual, 84%. Deontay Hardy, who I liked coming in, only 22% of snaps here, so maybe not involved. They want to get the tight ends on the field at the same time, so the wide receiver three here may not be worth anything at the end of the day. Uh, and they did get the two tight ends on the field same time. Knox, 84%. Dalton Kincaid, 80%. They're both not really tight ends. Kincaid, four targets. Knox, four targets. Uh, Kincaid had 26 yard. Knox, 25. So uh, that may be kind of a stat line we see week to week where it's pretty similar for both of them, and you're just crossing your fingers one gets in the end zone. So not the best thing for fantasy, but probably pretty good thing for them uh, real-life football. Moving to the New England Patriots. Mac Jones didn't look too bad. 35 for 54. Guys slinging the ball all over. 316, uh, 316 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. New offense. It'll be interesting, too, to see this team as they they gel. Like you said, right out the preseason, they're learning on the fly now. Running back, nobody else even got on the field. Ramondre Stevenson, 73%. Zeke, 35%. Um, Ramondre had... And this offense spread the ball around. So if you if you're a fan of the old uh, Drew Brees uh, mm. reception tree, it, it's looking to be that way here. Ramondre had seven carries. Uh, Zeke had twelve. Six targets for Ramondre. Seven for Zeke. They got heavily involved in the passing game. Case Sean Boutte talking about rookies here. Sixty nine percent snap share. Only saw four targets. Didn't catch any of them. Kendrick Bourne had eleven targets and led them ninety one percent snap share. And another rookie, Demario Douglas, who I like a lot, 
seven targets, four receptions for 40. He was only on the field 41% of the time. So 33 snaps he took. He got targeted on seven of them. That's a pretty good rate for a guy that I think is going to be a sleeper. Tight ends, Hunter Henry, 79%. Gusecki, 41%. Neither one of them. Uh, Gusecki didn't do what we were kind of hoping, but it's one game. Hunter Henry seems to be uh, Mac Jones's preference there. And last and certainly potentially not least, the Miami Dolphins in the arguably best game of the week for fantasy. Mostert, 73% snaps, uh, and Salvan Admad, 28%. Alex Ingold is a tight as a fullback, so I'm not counting him. But Mostert had 10 carries. Uh, Ahmed had three. So it was all Mostert. Surprisingly, Chris Brooks, a, a guy I talked about a couple last couple weeks, was active but didn't play any snaps on offense. So that's a little unfortunate given the, the game flow. I thought they could have got him in there. Wide receiver, Tyreek Hill exploded, 66% of the snaps. Jalen Waddle, 64%. Braxton Berrios played 52% and got more involved than I thought. He had five targets. Um, River Carcraft was getting involved out there, five targets. Pretty weird. So they're spreading the ball around, which, again, good for fantasy. It's good for Tua. Hill and Waddle are so explosive. They're going to have good games every week anyway. But I like Berrios kind of sneaky. And here I have my first 100% snapshot of the day, Durham Smythe, tight end. It's mm. all Durham Smythe all the time. Tyler <laughs> Croft uh, did get out there for two snaps, but he was on the field the same time as Durham Smythe. I don't know how big of a piece of the pie Smythe is going to get in this offense at any point, given the other players that are competing with him for touches. So He's maybe worth adding best ball. He could pop here and there, but I, it's hard to trust him. But he's on the field constantly. And then the Dolphins are still rumored in the Jonathan Taylor sweepstakes. So it'll be interesting to see if they end up getting him and if anything changes here. Yeah, That's I the mean, East. Listen, Dorrance Mice all seven. Yeah, Dorrance Mice all seven targets in that game, too, surprisingly enough. Uh, so there's something to be said there. Tua looked amazing dropping balls in the bucket all day long. I did want to comment on the Patriots real quick as watching that entire Eagles game. Our linebackers and safeties were dog shit, and that's exactly where they exploited us, which is why Hunter Henry and Kendrick Bourne you know, were had the games they did. So would not expect that every week. Um, they saw a flaw, and they exploited it. Um, but nonetheless, Mac Jones had himself a day. So – your east to my east. So the commanders, I'm going to try and pick up the pace a little bit on this. Brian Robinson, 61% of snaps. I thought that was going to be the case. 19 carries, two targets. Thought that was going to be the case. Antonio Gibson, 35% of snaps. Only three carries and one target. Light usage for a guy they seem to be optimistic about in camp. Wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, 89% of snaps. Didn't seem like that turf toe was bothering him too much, but only saw four targets on the game. Meanwhile, Jahan Dodson playing 87% of snaps, saw seven targets on the game. Third wide receiver, Curtis Martin, uh, Curtis Samuel saw 60, played 65% of snaps, saw five targets on the game. Logan Thomas, 82% of snaps for the Washington Commanders in week one, saw eight targets. As long as he is healthy, Logan Thomas is someone we will have to pay attention to given this tight end wasteland. He was only four for 43, but high snaps and high targets on the week. From him to the Cowboys, which is the reason I'm going to rip through this because that Cowboys-Giants game is a throw-it-away game. I'm not going to look too much into this. But Tony Pollard played 64% of snaps, saw 14 carries and three targets, got the short yardage work, scored two touchdowns on it. Rico Dattle was the running back, too. He had six carries on the game. 
16% of tar, 16% of snaps. Deuce Vaughn played 14% of snaps, also had six carries, did absolutely nothing with him because he's too small for football. Wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, 79% of target, 79% of snaps, only four targets, didn't need to throw it. Brandon Cooks, 59% of snaps, four targets. Michael Gallup, 67% of snaps, two targets. Jake Ferguson played 72% of snaps. He's a clear starting tight end on this team. Had seven targets, caught two for 11 yards. It was not a good showing for Jake Ferguson underneath, but he had the the snap share and he was receiving the targets uh, in a game where Dak didn't have to throw it that much. On to my Eagles. Everyone was talking about Kenneth Gainwell. All the reporters were talking about Kenneth Gainwell. And Kenneth Gainwell was the clear starter. 62% of the running back snaps to DeAndre Swift's 29%. Uh, Rashad Penny was notably a healthy scratch for the game. So Gainwell had 14 carries and four targets on the game. When DeAndre Swift commanded one carry and two targets, <laughs> did absolutely nothing with it, looked terrible in that limited action. I am praying they get Rashad Penny active. There's already reports that Kenneth Gamble picked up a rib injury in the game. It's probably because he's not meant to be an 18-touch running back um, in, in an offense. So who knows what the plan is for the Eagles. Meanwhile, Devonta Smith played 99% of snaps, saw 10 targets. A.J. Brown, 91% of snaps, saw 10 targets. Quez Watkins, their wide receiver three, played 79% of snaps and had two targets. Dallas Goddard played 92% of snaps, saw one target, posted a goose egg in week one for those Eagles. It was not the start that we wanted for Dallas Goddard saying he wants the 1,000-yard season, he wants to stay healthy. Well, (laughs) oh, for one. Oh, for one. Yeah, yeah, I got a little catching up to do, Dallas. Um, lastly, the Giants. I'm not even giving you targets outside of what Darren Waller did. He had five targets because this game was a just abject disaster. 64% of the snaps were Saquon, and then it all went south. Brady and, and Brightwell played more snaps than they probably would have. Receivers, no one went above 67% of snaps. That was Darius Slayton and Paris Campbell. Jalen Hyatt only played 36% of snaps. Daniel Bellinger outsnapped Darren Waller 63% to 54%. This was just a total throw-it-away game for the Giants. But Darren Waller still was targeted early by Daniel Jones. So that will persist if they could figure out this whole offensive line issue. And that is my East. East is the least. So to wrap this up, we're heading uh, to the West. Uh, Speaking of least, uh, we'll go to the Las Vegas Raiders. So out of the backfield there, there was some rumors and rumblings. People were higher on Zamir White this year, especially with Jacobs holdout. Just Jacobs, 80%. Zamir White, 8%. So not a thing. Amir Abdullah outsnapped Zamir White. Uh, just gross. Uh, if Zamir White can't get on the field, not good for fantasy. He he did have uh, one carry and one target on his five snaps. So he's... Heavily used when he's out there. Uh, but, yeah, it all went through Jacobs. Uh, kind of interesting at, at wide receiver. Devontae Adams, 90% snap share. Jacoby Myers, 80%. Uh, Myers saw 10 targets, had himself a nice game. Adams had nine targets. But Myers did pick up the old uh, head 1,000, uh, getting laid out there in the game. So who knows how long he'll be out with that. Um, I could see Hunter Renfro kind of. <laughs> taking over that Myers role and having a decent game next week. He's somebody I would target for, for DFS if you're looking for a cheap wide receiver fill-in. But when Myers is out there, he knows the system. He obviously did well in, in, in one game here uh, with the Raiders, and, and teams are going to want to cover Adams, not Myers. So I think Myers might be a little sneaky play for the next several weeks when he comes back healthy. And Adams still got involved. I mean, but 
Myers had the big game. The interesting rookie here, Michael Meyer, 49% snap share at tight end to Austin Hooper's 53%. However, he did not garner a single target. So that's a little disappointing uh, knowing where they drafted him, what we thought of him coming into the game, and then his usage compared to the other tight end. So that stinks. Uh, Kansas City, Isaiah Pacheco, 48% snap share. Jarek McKinnon, 31%. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, 22%. So CEH still involved. He saw six carries to Pacheco's eight, saw one target and pulled it in. Pacheco, four targets uh, and caught all four. So CEH involved more than people would like, whether it's to the detriment of uh, Pacheco and McKinnon, I don't know. So CEH, uh, not dead. There's a chance he does enough this year to get himself a decent contract with another team. Uh, decent meaning in, in the world of running backs. Wide receivers, kind of a shit show here. Very disappointing game across the board for Kansas City. Sky Moore out there 69% of the time. Uh, Valdez Scantling 63%. The clear one-two in the pecking order here. Then Richie James 35, Rasheed Rice 31, Watson 29, Tony 25% in one of the worst games in recent memory. That guy fucking <laughs> stunk it up out there. But uh, going back to the rookie report end of this, Rasheed Rice 31% snap share, ended up uh, five targets, caught three of them, did get in the end zone. Watching that game compared to all these guys on this Chiefs team, that guy, to me, the untrained eyeball, he sure passed the eyeball test. If anybody sees the increase going forward, it should certainly be him. I, I, Sky Moore did nothing, really. None of these guys did anything. Valdez Scantling is going to be the de facto one here, even though he did nothing. I think he only had two targets. Um, but Rasheed Rice is somebody I'm definitely keeping my eye on. Tight end, Kelsey was out. Doesn't matter. Blake Bell got in the end zone. No great 88% snap share. It's all meaningless um, once Kelsey's back. Moving on to the fucking San Diego still. San Diego Chargers. Mm, uh, Eckler, 41% snap share. Josh Kelly, 48%. Eckler's been asking to take a breather, and they never had a back that was you know, capable of doing it. Josh Kelly looked pretty good in this game, had himself a nice game. Uh, so did Eckler. So maybe he's, you know, going to just put up these points and be more efficient. And in, in turn, Josh Kelly becomes somebody who's fantasy relevant. Did not have that on my uh, week one bingo card, but they each had 16 carries and they both got in the end zone. So good game for both of them there. Wide receiver. I, Given the score of this game and the way it went, I was expecting the wide receivers to pop a little more. Keenan Allen, 91% snap share. Mike Williams, 77%. Uh, Josh Palmer, 64 And the rookie, Quinton Johnson, only 27%. Had three targets, caught two for only nine yards. I would like to see him flip-flop with Josh Palmer there. And at tight end, Parham got in the end zone, 49%. Gerald Everett, the starter, though, clearly 68%. Got on the field a lot more, but... I think brighter days are ahead for Everett in that offense. And the Denver Broncos, a um, little disappointing week one. People were expecting a little more from Sean Payton. P. Ryan let him 54%, did nothing with it. Javon, uh, Javante Williams, another. I'm sorry, 45% for P. Ryan, and same for Javante Williams, 45%. Looked pretty healthy to me. Think he's going to be a major part of this offense going forward. He had 13 carries and six targets to P. Ryan's eight carries and four. P. Ryan's involved, but 
if Williams is healthy and they use him like he is, he's going to demand more work as the year goes on with Jerry Judy out. Cortland Sutton, 86%. Little Jordan Humphrey, 70%. And I paused because that just makes me sick. They have nobody here. This is went from one of the deepest wide receiver rooms to two injuries being just a, a laughable joke. Sutton, little Jordan Humphrey, whoever Brandon Johnson is, Marvin Mims, who we were excited about, does nothing. And then the, the ghost of Philip Dorsett is actually on this team, which I didn't know. He saw 9%. Mims only 27%. Brandon Johnson, whoever that is, 50%. So kind of disappointing there. Mims only two targets on those 17 snaps. So that sucks. If, if Judy's out, I mean, Sutton is just going to be force fed the ball because he has to. Jordan. Um, little, little Jordan Humphrey got in the end zone, but who cares? He stinks. Um, kind of the surprise, I think, with the Broncos was tight end. People were expecting Dolchich to do things. Ends up being last in snaps, 33%. Chris Manhurts got him, 39%. And Adam Troutman, who they brought in, was a Peyton guy in New Orleans, 46% snapshot. So it's worth keeping an eye on that. Five targets, uh, had five receptions. So he led the team in receptions was number two in targets. He's going to be involved. He's another one that I would make a priority add this week. And that's yeah. it for the West. Greg Dolchitz out multiple weeks with a hamstring injury. So oh, I missed yeah. that. I mean, we got hurt. Yeah. Adam Troutman is uh, in for high utilization from, you know, Sean Payton doesn't return to the NFL. Adam Troutman might not be on an NFL team this year. That's just how fickle this league is. Yep. He was de- gone and forgotten, you know, dead and forgotten, you know, but he was a, he was a Sean Payton guy where he drafted him out of Dayton, you know, and brought him to Denver and said, you're better he than was Albert, Albert O. I, I, I was, yeah, I was high on him coming out. I, I still, I'm a believer. He just never got a chance. Oh, well, well. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the other thing that you, when you mentioned the Chargers, why the receivers really didn't do anything because the Chargers ran the ball 40 times for 234 yards and three rushing touchdowns. I mean, that's just just saying something. <laughs> Get your running backs in your starting lineup Thank against you. the Dolphins. I think is I think there's a plan. Yeah. Yeah, calls for the day. So from your west to my west, uh Arizona Cardinals much more competitive than anyone. Including Jonathan Gannon, I believe, thought. Yeah, it must have had a little bit of fire in their gut for this one. Or Washington stinks. I don't know. It's one or the other. James Conner played 84% of snaps, had 14 carries. So he's still the, the bell cow. There's no one else that's taken him off the field, you know, and got the carries because, like, you know, in a, in a low uh, snap game or in a low uh, opportunity game. You know, they, they kept it close enough to keep him involved. Michael Wilson was their top snapping wide receiver, 90% of snaps for the big bodied wide receiver out of Stanford. Saw four targets on the game. Meanwhile, Hollywood Brown, 84% of snaps, saw five targets. Rondell Moore limited to 68% of snaps, saw three targets. Zach Ertz played 77% of the snaps and saw 10 empty targets on the game that he was able to turn into a whopping six catches for 21 yards. So I that's thought, awesome. Let's just use I him. He was still hurt. I didn't even think he was going to play. I mean, listen, he clearly still is. But I mean, Zach Ertz has always been a catch and fall guy, but this is taking it to new extremes. 3.5 yards per reception. Meanwhile, Trey McBride was limited to 37% of snaps, caught both of his targets for 23 yards. 
So we, come on, do the right thing here, Gannon. Flip flop these snap percentages. Get the younger, more explosive kid out there. I'm sorry. Zach Ertz is done. He was already aged out, and then he picks up a multi-ligament injury. You're just really throwing him long handoffs for your 3.5 yards. Hey, give me a break. <laughs> you know, long handoffs. I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 so seeing that, I mean, the futility. 2.1 <laughs> yards per target, you know, for, for Zach Ertz. I mean, it's just embarrassing. From them to the 49ers, I vividly recall hearing Mike Shannon do it every time, say that he wanted to limit um, CNC's workload this year. <laughs> no, sir. Well, he played, no, sir. He played 85% he played 85 <laughs> of snaps in this game. Saw 22 carries and five targets uh, in the game. I mean, there's no limiting CMC. If he's not going to do it week one in a game where they were comfortably beating the dicks off of the Pittsburgh Steelers, he ain't doing it ever. <laughs> Meanwhile, Elijah Mitchell was limited to 15%. Did see five carries and one target. He's the handcuff, but he is no standalone value whilst DMC is on the field. Brandon Ayuk, the clear alpha receiver in this offense, played 85% of targets, 85% snaps, saw eight targets, caught all eight of those targets for a 129-2 and two stat line on the week, I believe. No, no, so uh, I forgot about what Tyree Kill did, but Ayuk, I would assume, is wide receiver two. On the week, I haven't looked yet. Debo Samuel played a little bit more, 87% of snaps. Did see seven targets, but now he's the underneath guy, caught five for 55. Debo did have two carries as well for eight yards. It's just without that volume as a running back, Debo's just not going to get you there. Purely as a receiver, he is second to Ayuk in this pecking order. And then there's still George Kittle, who does command targets. George Kittle played 69% of the snaps, so he was limited in this game, but still saw six targets. Caught three of them for 19 yards. So just another pitiful tight end performance from one of the guys that, you know, was universally expected to be a top five tight end again this year. On to the surprise Rams. You asked who surprised me the most. I guess I would say it was the Rams because they just put in some work in their first game. They are not going quietly into that night, even though everyone says they need to hit the reset button. They put a 30 to 13 beating on the Seahawks in Seattle, which was Interesting. So those are the two teams we're going to finish this up with. Cam Akers only played 35% of snaps, saw 22 carries, turned that into 29 yards, luckily fell into the end zone. So it wasn't a total wash. He saw no targets on the game. Meanwhile, your boy, you were right. I was wrong. You were smart. I'm stupid. You're handsome. I'm <laughs> ugly. Kyron Williams. 65% of snaps, saw 15 carries, 52 yards, not great on a per carry basis, but saw you know two touchdowns uh, on the ground. Also saw two targets, didn't corral either of them, but Kyron Williams was the starting running back for the Los Angeles Rams on Sunday. Then to your boy, Van Jefferson, comes back to reality, played 93% of snaps. He stinks, John. I'm sorry. He's always stunk. He's always going to stink. He saw five targets, four for 24. He's useless. He's he's a wide receiver, three on a team at best. Then Tutu Atwell, 79% of snaps, eight catches, or sorry, eight targets, six catches, 119 yards. I was, I was, I, I picked up Tutu in a few places. I ended up dropping him for other waiver moves, but he finished last year pretty strong in this offense. And he seems to pick up where he left off that they're really using him in a field stretcher role. And he 78% of snaps, you're 79% of snaps, you'll take it. I'm burying the leader. Puka Nakua. 
78% of snaps saw 15 targets, week one target leader in the NFL, Puka Nakua, who outside of Derek Brown would have thought it. And then Tyler Higby played 91% of snaps, only saw three targets, but turned all three of those targets into three catches and 49 yards. He would have had a huge day if it weren't for the Puka Nakua Tutu Atwell target vacuums. Uh, those little guys were on the week because Higby was doing work against Seattle. So didn't produce, you know, 7.9 fantasy points, but I mean, he was productive on, on a per touch basis, unlike Zach Ertz from him, from them down to the Seattle Seahawks. We're just going to finish week here. Cause that's what the Seattle Seahawks did. Kenneth Walker saw 63% of the snaps, 12 ah. carries, five targets. What do you do with those five targets? Caught four of them for three yards. He's like, <laughs> Hey Zach, points per target basis. No, I'm under one here because I suck and I can't catch the ball, but we have two backs that can catch the ball far better in Zach Charbonnet and DJ Dallas, but we're not going to use them in a game where we're behind. Zach Charbonnet played 24% of snaps, saw three carries, no targets. DJ Dallas, 22% of snaps, saw two carries, one target. Five carries and one target between those two guys in a game that they were trailing uh, second half. They, they were leading in the first, so I get the run. You know, it was 13-7 at halftime, but then they just got boat raced in the second and did not use those two pass-catching running backs in a game where they lost – uh, Tyler Lockett, I believe, to a concussion. So it just confounding, yeah, honestly. DK Metcalf played 94% of snaps, saw five targets. Lockett did play 88% of the snaps, saw four targets himself. JSM was limited to 59% of, tar- of snaps, but did see five targets. And then the tight ends, it's another amalgamation. Noah Fant led him with 49% of snaps, zero targets. Then Colby Parkinson mm. had 43% of the snaps. He saw two targets on the game. And then lowly Will Disley only played 31% of the snaps, saw two targets himself, but was actually the leading receiver for their tight ends with two for 17. So it's just get as far away from the Seattle tight ends as you can. And I think this might be, you know, a, uh, you know, the last year was the, was the Geno Smith uh, outlier season, unfortunately. And I know it's just yeah. one game, and I'm trying not to overreact. The 26, 16 for 26, 112, and one touchdown. Just, you know, with the weapons that he has, it just was was not and did not instill any confidence in this Seattle Seahawks uh, offense this year because the Rams defense isn't good. It's just not good. And Seattle couldn't do shit at home. Yeah, no, never forget. John McVay hates Cam Akers' guts. <laughs> yeah, listen. I mean, listen, John, he gave him 22 carries. He gave him every opportunity. It's like Cam Akers was clearly, hey, you're going in. We're going to run the ball, which also might be an issue because it's a clear tell for the for the yeah. opponent. If, you know, Akers only plays 35% snaps since he's 22 carries. I mean, it's, it's obvious they're running the ball and he goes on the field and you just you don't ever want to do that in the NFL. So... You know, while Williams wasn't much better, 3.5 yards per carry, but, you know, that was almost triple what uh, Cam Akers was able to do in his 22 touches. So, luckily, they each were able to find the end zone, but it was it was ugly running game. You know, it was just Matthew Stafford just carving up the Seahawks secondary with with cast-offs, you know, and, and, and I guess, you know, they're not, they're not cast-offs because they're, they're, they've been Rams their entire life, but just – you know, nondescript players, Tutu Atwell, you know, gadgety guy, Puka Nakua, or the rookie, you know, your boy Van Jefferson, you know, a little Tyler Higby. I mean, it was just, I mean, yeah, sometimes what's going on here? You know, we talk about certain coaches that we know are full of shit, whatever they say, you go, oh, well, I got to do the opposite of this. 
I'll give McVeigh <laughs> credit in, in, in Seattle too, most of the time. Kind of listen to what they tell you, right? Like they've been talking up Puka Nakua. They've been talking up Tutu at well, and it's not it's not coach speak. I mean, they kind of they put their money where their mouth is and they don't like Cam Akers, you know, and you see that in the snap count. So the good thing about them is you keep an eye on kind of the, the, the little blurbs and sound bites. So they start talking up whoever. Oh, we got to get Ben Skoronek a little more involved. He will be. Start so, it, Start yeah, he, he, he's usable. So it, that, that gives you a little relief. But that, that'll wrap up kind of our, our look at the division, kind of snaps targets. Um, this week, well, there's not we much go out, to go. Before we go out. I, I didn't rookie report like you did in the game. So let me rattle off real quick because I did it in a okay. separate section just to kind of give someone a synopsis. So top down, you know, particular order of the division. Roshan Johnson, five for 20 and one rushing, good production. Seven, six receptions, 35 yards. Told you he was heavily utilized in the receiving game. Jameer Gibbs, seven carries for 42 yards. Looked amazing every time he touched the ball. Caught both of his targets for 18 yards. Better days are ahead for Jameer Gibbs. Uh, Jordan Addison had six targets, caught four for 61 and a touchdown. He was, I believe, the target on another touchdown. It was thrown behind him, so it could have been a bigger day for him. Luke Musgrave, we discussed, four targets, three for 50. Could have been, you know, three for 60 and a touchdown if the big man kept his feet. Jaden Reed, same team, five targets, two for 48. Also had a carry. I like seeing when the running receivers get carries. Was for minus two yards, but they want to get him involved. Trey Palmer, three targets, two catches, eight yards, touchdown. You know, better days are ahead for Palmer. Sean Tucker, the backup in Tampa Bay, five carries, 15 yards, no touchdown. Caught both of his targets for nine yards. Not a big day, but, you know, seven touches for a guy that went undrafted because of a medical condition is reason for optimism for the Sean Tucker believers. Bijan Robinson's amazing. 10 carries for 56 yards. Caught all six of his passes for 27 yards and a touchdown. Just the real deal. But Tyler Algier will cap his upside. Johnny Mingos did see five targets, caught two for 17. Pukunakua, 10 tar- 15 targets, 10 catches, 119 yards. And I was told, again, that there was one or two passes that were off target from Stafford. So Puka could have like a 12 for 140 day uh, in his rookie debut, but still just amazing production um, from a day three rookie. Jackson Smith and Zigba, five targets, three catches, 13 yards. Yuck. Zach Charbonnet, three carries, 11 yards, no targets. Yuck. Jalen Hyatt, just have to do it. He did see a target, zero, zero, zero. I'm pretty sure he dropped the target he saw in that debacle on Sunday Night Football. Rookie report. Yeah, so, again, as we as we go through the season and, and, and things tend to change and we see trends and usage, like, you know, speaking about Kyron Williams and Cam Akers again, if it flip-flops a week from now, if we see Williams trending down, Akers trending up, or shit, Ronnie Rivers or Zach Evans. That's kind of the point of this is, is to kind of see who's getting used more and less as the season goes on. Even next week with two weeks, it's hard to put an, put a real definitive answer on what's happening. But as we get into week three and beyond, I, I think we'll have some pretty good information for to help you in, in future weeks. So that's the plan here. And like I said, keep an eye on rookies just being dynasty-centric as we are. That should be fun for us and hopefully for you. So That'll do it for us. Thanks for checking this out. For myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Week one. Ouch.
that there's huh. some shit they're just like I'm a medical marvel apparently mm-hmm. completely healthy feel like shit every day completely healthy completely <laughs> absolutely nothing wrong with me <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go, go get them tiger yeah, I, I pat on the ass <laughs> rub some dirt on it yeah I mean <laughs> like over the 60s I can't. I fucking. I'm falling apart so much. I took an airplane ride, and my fucking foot's been numb now. For fucking yeah, you heard, six you heard your back sitting on a plane. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> you, you're, you're up in the ante a bit, sir. Yeah. Yeah, that's supposed to happen like in 20 more years. Yeah. Some little suckers. All right, so I have no clue what we're doing today. Well, we're going to do the usual, what'll be the formerly normal pod, talking about sleepers and higher or lower oh, we're doing that too. Okay, I got none of that. I thought we were doing both. Thought, oh, I we're doing you two pods? Do, I thought you wanted to do two pods. Well, then why'd you just send me the thing on the one? I'm like, I did all these like snap counts and shit. Well, I got that, that too. I thought we one? were going to do the, no, just the, all right. the, Snaps, touches, targets thing. I can get plus plus talking about any um, rookies just to make it a little more dynasty ish. And if anything is worth note with any of the rookies, you just got super Um, glitchy on me. Okay, where'd I? Where'd you hear last? Yeah. 